And here we go. We are live. It is Cowboy Metals live stream, ladies and gentlemen, uh, May 23rd, 2023. This time it's 3 p.m. Central Time here in Texas. We're doing this just a little bit late today because I had a lot going on with regards to the business. And I was doing some research for the show and decided it'd be better if we push this back. Thank you for joining us at this time. We do have a poll up. And the poll question is, how long does it take gold to get to 2,500? And you have different answers there. Six months, six to 12 months, one to two years, and three to five. Please answer the poll question if you don't mind. Welcome, everybody, for being in the live stream. Well, welcome. Neil Han Dynasty Honig, Jake's Custom Parts, and others who are here in the chat with us. Thanks for joining. Remember, Super Chats are open, so if you're interested in supporting the channel, you can ask a question via Super Chats or just leave a comment, and I will read it on the air. Without further ado, I want to get into the presentation topic for today. We're going to do a real quick sound check. There we go. Sound is good. And uh, what I'm going to present to you has to do with an indicator that's been flashing green that I think means that we are headed for a big gold and silver run. And it is from my good friend, Tavi Costa at Prescott Capital on his Twitter. He does the best charts and he picks data points that are great. And this really is similar to something I talk about all the time. We're talking about yield curve inversions. And what exactly is a yield curve inversion? Well, let's talk about that before we get into the chart so that we know what we're talking about. A yield curve inversion is when the benchmark two-year treasury and the benchmark 10-year, the ones that are traded sort of the most, the most popular issues in short and long-term, are inverted, meaning you have to pay higher yields for the two-year because the risk is so high that that's what investors demand. They demand more money because they see more risk on the two-year time frame than they do the 10-year. And it makes sense that traders are basically saying, I see more risk now, Therefore, we're more likely to head to a recession. I've talked about this indicator many, many times that when this yield curve goes negative, meaning the two-year requires a higher interest rate than the 10-year, it predicts a recession. You can see here right on the FRED chart from uh, the St. Louis Fed and their data set, you can see that every time we go negative here where the two-year costs more than the 10-year, it's recession. Goes to, when it goes below zero, that means the two-year costs more than 10-year because you're minusing. When you get another one, recession. Another one dip below, recession. Two-year cost more than 10-year, recession. Two-year cost more than 10-year, recession. Okay. This one touched on the line briefly, went below and had a mini recession, although this is sort of man-made recession. It was the pandemic. But you can see after the pandemic, boom, this crashes down. And we've been below, the farthest below uh, in the yield curve inversion in terms of the two-year costing more than the 10-year for the longest period of time dating back to 1980. And remember what happened in the late 70s and early 80s. We had that high inflation where Paul Volcker had to come in and raise interest rates to almost 19% to break it. That was what we were dealing with back then. Very high inflation followed by a couple of recessions in the 80s decade, early in the 80s decade. Because money costs so much and interest rates were so high, it was crashing the economy. And that's what caused the yield curve to invert was a high, high uh, inflation rates and therefore interest rates, which reflected the inflation of the time. Well, what do we what have we had for the past year, ladies and gentlemen? We've had high inflation. We almost hit double digits. And we stayed that way for a long time before it came back down, before the economy sort of pulled back and we're in a little mini deflationary cycle. Will people reconsolidate and try to rebuild again? People are going to rebuild and we're going to have inflation again. We're going to have demand come back. And that's sort of the pattern. Now, going over to Tavi's chart, this is a really great chart because he graphs out what he, what he does is the numbers were a little bit different for 1973-74 recession as they were for the rest of them. So he took 1973-74 and that one was really big. It meant that gold accelerated past the S&P 500 stock market indices by 147 percent 
after yield curve inversion. Why? Because gold does well during recessions. And this shows you how gold holds up against the stock market. What happened in 2022? Gold did great. Gold and silver were slightly above break even while the stock markets crashed down. Some of them correcting as much as 20% during the year. Cryptocurrencies didn't do great. They've rebounded a little bit since then, but they're not you know, where they were before. Bitcoin's not back up to 60. You know, it's flirting with that 25 to $30,000 range and kind of range trading there. It's about half of what it was. So a little bit of recovery in Bitcoin, not enough. The rest of the crypto complex, the same. The, the stock market has, has re-gone back up again. It's re-bubbled up again, uh, despite the fact that these warnings are here, but that's because we get to the recession first and then you have that correction and that's where gold shines. And so gold's doing pretty well right now. It's challenging its all-time high. Now it's trading maybe low 1900s but it's going to get frothy and this is where we are so for people who doubt this gold rally just look at this chart. this chart by itself should prove to you that we're going to have a gold rally we have had one of the biggest yield curve inversions one of the longest yield curve inversions dating back over 40 years dating back to this high inflation time what do we have high inflation what's going to happen gold is not going to go down in those times ladies and gentlemen we have real negative interest rates because the CPI is higher than interest rates we get on investments. That's real negative interest rates. Okay. And so gold does best. And so I think gold's going to go like this again. And I don't know if it'll be 72 or 147 or something bigger. I suspect it's going to be a lot bigger because if you look at the debt in the system and you look at how bad it is, you know, even though the inflation hasn't reached 1979-80 inflation, it got halfway there and we haven't addressed any of the problems. And what's different from back then is we have much more debt, a pure fiat dollar, for over 40 years, no gold backing whatsoever leading up to that, anything like that. And it's a more unencumbered fiat paper economy. So I'm thinking these numbers are going to explode way past. So well, let's look at what happens to gold. Uh, this is gold price versus a stock market on a hundred year chart. And really, I just want to pay attention to here. An interesting thing to note is that gold does very well after recession. So gold dips and then boom, after recession, it goes boom. Then you have a recession, boom, recession, boom. And this is a big one. Okay, this was a 2008-2009 banking crisis, and you saw gold go all the way up, and then it came back down. Here's the cup and handle. It's smushed. So if I shorten this chart out and I elongate that out, now you can see the cup and handle breakout. And now, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we're challenging this previous. It was like a high, a cup and handle. Here's the cup. Here's the handle. And then a sideways recovery, and then we're re-challenging. And is this a triple top? Not quite. You had a top here, not quite a top here, and then it's going back through. So unlike people who may call a triple top, this isn't really a triple top. This is a, a new all-time top, a challenge that didn't go through, and now it's challenging again, wanting to punch through, but the fundamentals have actually gotten worse. So is this a triple top bearish signal? No. I think what this is, is the next leg in the bull market, and this just goes like that. And I think that's what we're going to see. Why? Because look at this indicator. Look at what happens when you have a yield curve inversion and gold does well in a negative real interest rate environment. In an environment in which we're in a recession, what does well? Gold and silver do well. Um, st some staples do well. Some things like that do well. People, things that people need do well. And people learning new skills for the new economy that emerges out of that recession are going to do well. Education could be very important here. Retraining, vocational school, whatever you want to do. Self-training. Uh, but that's what we've got. And so you can see this clear pattern after the stock market. Now, what's going to happen? Where well, here's the gold chart on trading view. You can see again, we're challenging that previous, you know, all-time high. We're doing really well here. And I don't think it matters what, whether, you know, how deep that recession is. I think it's going to go off like this. Because why? Because I'm looking at this, we're right here. And we've already had this tremendous rise, right? 
from here to here, it's been nice. And from down here, it's been really nice, right? But we're only in this part of the rally. We've got a long way to go, guys. This is going to go like boom, like this. Okay, we know that's going to happen. And this indicator that Tavi put together for us to use charts is really good because it takes that yield curve inversion chart and it puts data behind it. It says, okay, once we have the yield curve, what happens after? These line graphs are showing what happens after. Okay, what's going to happen after? This is going to continue to march up. Why? Because we're sitting at the second most negative yield curve inversion dating back 40 years. And why is the yield curve inverting? Because the short-term bond traders know it's going to be worse than the long-term. That's why they're bidding the two-year up over the 10-year. They expect big economic issues coming to an economy near you. And what do you do? Well, get out of debt as much as you can. Take care of your other things. Make sure you have plenty of food and, and money for, for electricity and water. All your basic things in life. Train yourself up as much as you can. Get the Get the best salary at your job that you can live way below your means, start a business, do whatever you got to do to get that income up and that debt level down. And when you do that, and again, I'm not your financial advisor, so I'll put this disclaimer on the screen. I'm not your financial advisor, do your own due diligence. But my idea for myself is to pay down debt, have more income than I have debt, which is a work in progress always because I had kids and businesses and it's not always easy. You know, but if I can do that and have some gold and silver on the side, I think I'm going to be able to weather the storm. And I do think that everything you know is going to get better eventually. I think on the flip side of this, the good news is everything gets better. I think we're about to go through the worst part of the storm. We're gonna have all sorts of economic problems, we'll probably go through a depression. We may have some hot wars pop up here and there. You can have failures of currencies. We're in that 250 year nation state cycle. We're gonna have that flip from the dollar being the dominant currency to something else. And are we gonna disappear? No, did Britain disappear when the pound lost its you know, status and when Britain lost its status as well? No, they're still there. Spain, they're still there. Even Rome is still there after it fell. We're not all gonna disappear or get you know, beamed up by aliens or anything like that. We're still gonna be here. It's just, you gotta get through the financial pain to get to the other side. But on the other side, there can be wonderful opportunities. And when we get to the other side, I'm gonna talk about some of them. I'm gonna talk about real estate you know, and different types of those things. I'm gonna dive right into it myself. But for right now, this is kind of where we are. That's what the data is telling us. And this is really uh, what we need to do. So checking the poll, how long to take to get gold to 2,500? 41% in the lead is six to 12 months. I think you guys kind of have it right about that year time frame. Because remember, uh, a few years ago, even as late as 2019, 2020, or early as, I was saying I thought it'd be about mid-2020s where we hit the worst of the crash. And I think we're in 2023. And you can see that we're probably going to hit a recession this year or very close officially. Even though right now I think we're already in one when you're objective and you look at, you know, the, the effects of inflation, you discount GDP to inflation. But that's that's a different thing we'll talk about later. I think we're close to recession. I think we go into it. I think 2024 is probably where it gets really bad, uh, just bad news after bad news. And then I think what happens afterwards is um, we'll get better. I think things will get better after that, but you got to go through the pain. And I think 2025, 26, 27 is probably where we start. Well, it's probably a few years it's going to take to work this out. And then if like the last Great Depression or severe economic dislocations or, or any indication of this size, something bigger than 2008, something really on an 80 or 10 or 50 year cycle, a big economic switch like we're going to have, I think, uh, I, it may you know, take 20 years for everything to come back. Look at what happened after World War II for people's salaries and real estate prices and asset prices you know, to get better. It took 20 years after. And then we had the whole baby boomer generation and they were booming and everything was great. But it took a long time for that to occur. And the effects lasted for three generations. Now we're in the fourth generation. We have the fourth turning coming. We're in the winter season and we're right there at the end of fall going into winter. I would say on the chart, we're probably like December 20th and we're a couple of days away 
from true winter time, December 22nd, I guess, is, is the winter solstice. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that. And I think that's where we are. We're very close to it. And I think this data that I presented was a good indicator. Now, if you're wanting to get gold and silver, one of my friends does offer that. It comes on the program all the time. He recorded a very special message for you guys, which I'm going to go ahead and put on screen. It is Ian from Mark Silver. And we're going to go ahead and play that for you. Now, if you're interested in gold and silver, Ian has a great way to do it. He offers lower premiums than most people. He's got uh, relationships with many wholesalers. He's got good stock. He can take care of you. He does a very good job. This is a message from Ian to you. Good afternoon. This is Ian from Arc Silver, Gold and Osmium. Formerly just Arc Silver, but we sell a lot of gold and we're going to sell a lot of Osmium. Anyway, it'll be time to talk about that in later episodes. I've decided to do a weekly address called Letters to America, uh, looking at the situation politically, economically, and particularly precious metals focused on what is going on in America and the rest of the world. So today I want to start with a good news story. I want to talk about silverback precious metals. We've had the privilege of a, a long association since say just a few months after they started. So Silverback Precious Metals is a group of three guys got together, formed a company, and the first product they made were these incredible slices off the big thousand ounce Comex bars. Now, a lot of you probably won't have the budget to buy a thousand ounce Comex bar, but you can buy a piece of one. And these are a piece of art in themselves. Each one is unique, and we can get almost any weight cut. So we have these on a special offer for the first viewers of this Letters to America series of $1.50 over spot. That's right, $1.50 over spot. So Silverback progressed. They had shavings from cutting the bars and they made these beautiful one ounce rounds. Not everybody's taste, but I, I love them. And with a nice deep dot pane marking on the back, a great product. And then they bought more equipment and started making 10 ounce bars. Real high quality, lovely artwork. And in fact, the first car, vacuum cast 10 ounce bar they made was for us. And we just love these arc silver bars. And then they started making a chunky 10 ounce bar and recently five ounce chunky bar. Now remember these guys started from nowhere, no previous experience really in, in casting and machining and cutting and stamping, yet they're making an incredible range of product and they are chain changing the way silver is bought bit by bit. They're selling to coin shops, they are wholesaling, we have the privilege of retailing their products and now with their close association with a mint in Turkey they're getting these beautiful pressed bars. So everything they do is gorilla focused, a clue in the name, Silverback, but real high quality product. And because they source these direct from a mint, they're not subject to the squeezes we get and the rapid increases in premium. So their premiums are more stable and just generally fair all round. And they make my favorite one ounce round of all time, take your silver back. And that's what we need to be doing. Um, most of you are listening, I guess you already understand the, uh, the reason to buy precious metals and hold precious metals. Um, but those reasons do keep on growing. Um, just to have the privacy, the financial independence, um, and just a, an insurance that that privacy um, protects you from 
financial repression, um, unfair taxation, confiscation of wealth, and all the horrible things that are happening financially. Um, so precious metals just give you an insurance, a buffer, something outside of the system. You become your own bank. You start to save, even if you only buy a few ounces a week or a few ounces a month, you save it, you don't spend it, you build it up. And again, the, the privacy factor of that is just invaluable. We are undoubtedly heading towards a full digital currency. Pretty well all transactions are digital already. Everything is known by your local state and the federal government. Whereas precious metals, once you've bought them, non-reportable event, it's up to you what you do with them. You can have a boating accident, you can do midnight gardening, you can do whatever you want. You can forget where you've put them. Um, they're yours to do what you want with. It's no one else's business. Um, th these are just some of the reasons why we are fundamentally convinced that everybody should have a portion of um, their labor, their effort that they want to store, store some of it in precious metals. Well, thank you for listening. See you next week. Well, Ian, thank you so much for that message. Now, Ian's going to be doing a special segment for us on Sundays. It would be just him on our channel talking about his, the reasons why he got into precious metals and all the stories he has around it, as well as a lot of his stories and research, which he's been doing a lot. He's really quite the historian. So I thought it'd be good to bring him on and let him talk to you guys about his own knowledge. And then, yes, he will be bringing you deals every week. Stay tuned for that on Sundays. We'll start that next Sunday or this coming Sunday, I believe. And we'll put it probably just after the time in which people come back from church and do their morning activities with their family. And I think that'll be a good, nice little piece for you guys. He has so much data and, and his view on precious metals and his experience is really quite a bit different. And I think it'd be great to have him featured on the program. Now, we did get a question about copper. So thank you, Andrew, so much for the question on copper and the contribution over the Super Chat. It, the question Andrew has is what about copper short term? And that is a good question. Copper, I think short term is going to have a little bit of fade. Now, it's faded a bit. It was over $4 a pound, I believe. It's like three something. I just looked at the price chart the other day. It's going to fade a bit. Why? Because we're in this recession, this, I'm sorry, deflationary step in the economic cycle where it's inflation, deflation, bigger inflation, deflation, if, if that 1970s to 80 pattern holds. But we'll have at least one little mini deflationary cycle in there before another big inflation and a crash. Along the way, those deflationary cycles are going to tamp down some of the current demand for copper. So I think over the next year, copper could be good, but a somewhat soft, a little bit soft in price. I think it'll hold steady within a range. I don't think it's going to come off. Now, what happens to copper uh, during economic dislocation? Right after the recession ends, copper just explodes. I showed this chart on another video uh, earlier. Uh, I forgot when I did it. Maybe I'll put this chart back up again, but... Uh, there was a chart that showed uh, what happens to copper after immediately after recession, and it explodes. It goes bonker nuts crazy. And when you add in the fact that if we get into hot wars, copper goes up a lot during any sort of hot war or conflict, which needs metal, dating all the way back to like World War One, the Civil War, things like that. We're able to track prices of copper. Copper does very well. So depending on how bad the recession is, there could be other forces that are holding up copper. And if you look at longer term things like electric vehicles, the electrification, not not EV, but just electrification of places like Africa, India, China, the demand for copper 
world experts predict this is going to be so unbelievably strong that the bull market in copper may actually outshine a lot of the other metals. I don't think that that true bull is going to start right away, but I do think copper is going to hold up here in the midterm. And I think in the long term, it's going to go bonkers because when you look at supplies, the mine supply is not there. And what happens, like you look at the big Grossberg mine, the Freeport McMoran has in Indonesia. Indonesia changed the rules about mines. What do, and, and so Freeport's having to contribute more to training their personnel to give him a bigger percentage back. What did Mexico just do? They passed 18 laws, a lot of those which are now governing mining, and they're involving the military in a lot of their industries. Mexico is going to start to take control of its mining, and it may start to restrict some exports, or it may restrict who gets what, you know, and it may take a bigger percentage. So I, the pressure on miners to produce this at, at a profit during a time in which it looks like some countries are getting protectionist around their own internal resources, these the second and third world countries, which aren't the U.S. with a dollar where they can export inflation, you don't have to protect their own internal uh, value in their country, what what their jewels are, what, what their value is. You know, what do they have? These nations have commodities, right? They got to protect them. So I see protectionism increasing, and I think that could also be a buoy under the copper price. Good question. Thank you for asking it. Uh, I do not see any other questions in the chat. We're going to go ahead and end the poll. It looks like uh, six to 12 months, one for when gold to get 2,500. Leave down in the comments when you think gold is going to hit 2,500. I think it happens this year. I'm not going to give you a date. I don't think it really matters. But I think we hit 2,500 this year if we have one more sizable bank failure or more comes out on the CBDCs, which I think it will at the end of the year. These projects rolling out central bank digital currencies in the U.S. are coming at the end of the year. And I'm going to have a special report as we go along on those. And I think what's going to happen along the way, that indicates that we're having pressure on the dollar. And I think that means we're going into the recession. I think it's here already, but I think officially it'll happen this year. And the next two to three years are going to be very tough. But after that, things are going to boom again. They're going to start to boom again. It'll be a long cycle and we'll restart that long cycle. So the good news is on the other side, but we have to get through it first. Last note for you guys, on Monday, I had Rockridge Resources. They're my pick as a hidden gem for guess what? Copper, gold, silver, cobalt, and other things that I think is going to do well, not only during the recession, but after recession as we're rebuilding. Rockridge is priced really low because I haven't done a lot of go to market and telling people who they are, but they've got two good projects. If you're interested, go watch Monday's mining stock, uh, Monday's video. I'm doing mining stock Mondays again because the market's heating up. And the stocks are starting to do well. They've started to respond. All right. That was on uh, Monday's show. Now on Thursday, we'll have a special research report. Friday, we are going to have the weekly market wrap as we always do. But all signs indicate that gold is in that next leg of the bull market. Don't worry about the spot price. Spot price is determined by short-term traders looking to make a buck on the market, on the derivatives market. Look at the stock and flows. We do that every Friday in the weekly market wrap. I'm not going to do it here. Pay attention Friday. I'll go over the stock and flows of both gold and silver across the world. You'll have a good idea of what people are buying and why. And that's going to tell you what the long-term direction of gold is. The short-term prices do not matter unless you're hitting a key, like an all-time high or an all-time low or some really heavy resistance point. Then they matter, but they don't really matter otherwise in between because it's just traders trying to make a buck trading those levels, okay? doesn't mean much. So this fade lately doesn't mean much. It doesn't mean people are interested in gold. It means the traders are taking profits off the previous long positions and some of the shorts are short covering. That's what happens. It has nothing to do with the physical. I think the physical is very strong. And I think some of the data that we presented to you today, along with the fundamentals, I think points to that. This is going to do it, guys. Thank you so much for joining the live. We went about 23 minutes today. Now, we're going to do, be doing a little bit shorter shows, but more frequent shows. 
to grab the attention of people because people have a little bit shorter uh, attention spans. So we are doing a lot of research. We're breaking that up over several reports so that you have it. We'll have a regular drumbeat of information. Sundays will be with Ian on his letters to America. On Tuesdays, we have the live stream. Wednesdays, times, sometimes we have special editions. Mondays, Mining Stock Mondays. Thursdays, my research report. Fridays, a weekly market wrap. So most days of the week, we'll have something and we'll bring it to you in bite-sized content. So it's easy for you to get to, you know, in your busy lives. Thank you so much for joining the channel. We appreciate it. This is Rob Kings of Goldsworth Pros. Until next time, keep on stacking and stay right here on the channel and watch the rest of the awesome, great content that we have. And remember, if you want your precious metals, go to Arc Silver. Link is in the description. It takes you to my website, which will take you over in and you'll get the best service.